the Ursus Claws! Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the Asian Darkness Podcast. So, as everybody knows, you do not come to us for news. It takes us forever to get episodes out. I'd like to think that there's quality episodes, but they're definitely not timely episodes. But today, uh, we're going to do a quick timely episode. Uh, what happened was, our intrepid reporter Darren went to Warhammer Fest this weekend, uh, and then we recorded a segment uh, discussing everything, um, what was probably the biggest probably the biggest thing that happened to Heresy since uh, Betrayal Calf, and... We decided we didn't want to wait to put it out, so we're just going to put out this segment in, 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 in one piece uh, so you can hear our uh, reactions and our, uh, our discussions of what happened uh, to Warhammer Fest and everything that's been revealed with the new edition of Horse Heresy, and uh, in the next couple of days, uh, our regular episode will drop, which of course, we'll talk about stuff that happened way before this, but so here's some timely news. All right, so in this segment, we're going back to our roots. Uh, when this podcast started, um, we would always rely on Pendrag from the, the 30K forums to keep us informed of what happens in Nottingham when there's special events. But thankfully, uh, we, we're, we're so delighted that uh, for the last several years, uh, Pendrag has been on the show, and we no longer have to just read through his wonderful reporting from Nottingham. We could just ask him. Darren? How the fuck was the Warhammer open day? Oh, it was piss poor. <laughs> what do you mean that was piss poor? <laughs> no, it was really good. It was so good. Um, hit, hit, hit the button in so many, many ways. There are some criticisms. There's always going to be criticisms. We, I've always tried to be fair in my write-ups and discussions about things. And, you know, it, it's roles with a job that we do you always identify the positives along with the areas of improvement but i would say overall this is kicked off version two of heresy extremely well it was good oh we saw uh, we saw a lot we didn't get as much information as possibly you guys did at home which let, let's start off with that because one of the things we're going to try and do in this segment yes i'm going to talk about the open day that i went to and it you know it's the first open day we've had since Mar- since January 2020. Oh God! Yeah, the, right. the last yeah the last open day we had was a New Year open day in 2020 before the world collapsed. You remember when we were saying two two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember that? Yeah, it'll be fine by the summer. It'll be over by Christmas. Yeah. Oh God! And we're historians in somehow we believe it. Just <laughs> yeah, to show you yeah. that we even we don't learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Never listen to your never listen to your own advice. But anyway, regardless of that, yes. So it has been over two and a quarter years since the last open day. Um, was it back with a bang? I'm unsure. Was it good? Yes. It absolutely was. Now, one was the big things, and this is kind of where this conversation will go a little bit organic, is we are going to talk about the new releases here, aren't we? All the things that we saw at the open day yesterday. Now, the odd thing was, you guys at home were actually getting more information than us at the open day because the live stream was happening as the event started at Warhammer World. They did have a live stream being shown in the gaming hall on one of the big screens. 
but we couldn't hear it. That hall was packed, and it is one of the biggest, uh, certainly one of the most packed open days that I have been to at Warhammer. I've been to some big ones, especially as games open days over the years have always been jam-packed. This has probably been the busiest open day I have ever been to. The hall was absolutely jammed full. The gaming area was reasonably busy. Bugman's was full to capacity. There was a real amazing vibe in room. But we couldn't hear what was happening on the stream, but we were getting the videos being played. We were getting the, the images being shown. The advantage we had, being of the open day, is we could look at the cabinets and see all the physical products in front of us. Um, we could also see what some of the content creators that had been invited to the open day had done with those sets and actually how they can be adjusted. And I will come on to that later. If I, if I forget that, prompt me and I will mention that later on. But we couldn't hear any of the discussion by the two presenters. So we didn't actually know in the gaming hall when the game was going to be released, the price of the box set, any of those specific details. Could those weapons be used on Mark 3s and Mark 4s, for example? All those kind of conversations and information was being passed on the stream wasn't passed on to us. Now, previously at Open Days, and this goes back to what JP was mentioning earlier, we've always had the studio staff available. We've always had the game designers, the rules writers, the background writers. We've always had the army painters or the heavy metal team. We've always had the model designers there to talk to. This time, there was no member of the GW studio or the Specialist Games slash Forge World studio there to talk to at all. So there was no one to talk to about how the models were designed or the process they went through in designing the sprues of the models or the challenges they were facing or how do they compose certain colour schemes or what were the challenges of the new rules, what the intention behind the new rules or anything like that. And for me, that's the bit that's always made the open days the most amount of fun. I mean, Miles, you've been to Warhammer Fest, you've been to some of these open days. That's always been the big draw, hasn't it? Talking to the studio teams. It, it, you get nuggets of information. Uh, you get the reason behind why they do things. Yeah, at the best way to describe you get the, like these little nuggets, these little kernels of information that uh, you, you don't read on any. And um, it's, it's not, okay, you're chatting with, people as well it's not like this overly polished answer that you they may be giving on the warhammer community there's information there but sometimes it feels like it, you're you're reading like a press release and it lacks substance you're just i mean sam is the best example simon egan that guy can speak so well and so passionately about his work uh okay the the work he did on uh, lehman russ for example see um i see a lot of criticism behind uh this the the loping movement of the Primark, but he described it as, okay, if you just put down silhouette, it's the silhouette of a wolf running uh, with the backpack behind it, the wolf head, and he's inhumanly loping forward. He, this isn't an action of a human being. This is an action of a feral beast. Now, you, nowhere else have I seen that information posted online uh, on, on any kind of preview. So, yes, yeah, those little nuggets of inspiration that you yeah. get. I'd is, agree. Is, um... Yeah, sorry, John Mars, I'll cut you off. No, no, I, I was just trying to I was trying to think of a way to finish off so you interjected yeah. and really saved me there. No, no, I I, I completely agree. Um, Mark Bedford is another one that stood out to me. Um, Mark is a fantastic designer, modeler, painter, and he's always given out just those little hints, those little tips about how to 
work on models or kind of modeling details or, or the thinking process behind the model designs. So, and he's also free with his information and all the studio team. I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone working in the studio who is not as enthusiastic about this game mm. or the hobby or the process as we are. Yeah. And you get that across at the open days. <clears throat> and I think for me, that was massively missing at this event. I think if I had one, one big criticism about this event was no studio team being present. We know there's restrictions what they can talk about. They can't talk about upcoming releases. They can't talk about what they have planned in the next five, six months. They can't talk about even beyond generally three months. Yes, that can, you know, we, we all want to know what's coming up in the future. We all want to know. But what they, nev- they never did that anyway. They, no, they, they didn't. Certainly they, not they were very good years. with that. Yeah. Yeah. But getting the, the lowdown on the current releases that we were seeing has always been the best thing. And I think that was a big gap in the event yesterday. Saying that, we did see all releases face-to-face. We did see that. Now, let's go. I mentioned about what the content creators have done with some of these kits. And all the content creators who were at the open day had each had a early copy of the box, and they'd actually put that box together and modelled it in different ways. So you had multiple legions. You've had, there was a Dark Angels, there was a Empress Children, White Scars. Just a question. Uh, who are these these influencers? Like, who were these people? Um, I, I was going to talk about the content creators later. But while oh, okay, there, never mind, never mind. No, 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 it's a good question while we're here, all right? There was some I knew. I mean, one, Greg, I know you are, You listen to the show, Greg, Dan, I know you do listen to the show. Oh, yeah, that, that's a content I, creator. I, yeah, I've, I've got... He created the whole genre of the 30K podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So he's a great guy to speak to. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, Greg. And obviously, we spoke around the event as well. Richard Gray, which obviously, if you're even remotely connected to Golden Demon, you know Richard Gray. And then we had some other guys. And for people who are more interested in the painting side of things, I'm sure they're more well-known. I am I paint to get models on the board. I'm not Miles. I'm, I'm not highly involved. Miles would probably know a lot more for the, the painter side of the guys more than others. Some of the other content creators were people who've got um, gaming channels. So they, they do regular army reports and so on. But from what I can tell, they do a variety of army reports. They're not just like heresy specialists like um, 30K channel used to be. So if I'm perfectly honest, the only content creator I really spoke to at length was Greg. But then I would have spoken to Greg anyway at the event. The other content creators, because I didn't really know their work, I didn't really know what they do, I didn't personally feel the need to chat much to them about things. So that's from my perspective. I'm sure other people at the event, particularly the people who are very, very interested in the painting side of things, whether that's for personal painting or competitive painting or whatever, would have loved the opportunity to speak to Richard Gray, for example. For me, it didn't really add anything to the event. And I have to say, and I'm, you know, I'm only saying this from my perspective, so we do, we do need to bear that in mind. Every time I went near the area where the content creators were, there wasn't a big crowd. There wasn't many people there. And was that because they weren't, I'm putting the word, big names and inverted commas in the heresy community so the heresy community was there 
didn't really know who they were either, so didn't connect with them. Is that part of it? Were they made a very big thing of by the GW staff before the event or at the event? Not really. There was one small notice board that said when each of the content creators was available to talk to and what they were there to talk about, and that was it. We don't, previous open days, we've always had a leaflet or at least a map downstairs saying where different things were. That wasn't available at this event. So it was, unless you went looking for the content creators, I felt it was actually quite challenging to dig them down, find them down. Now, if it was a 40K event or an AOS event, I think that would be more popular because those content creators do seem to be linked more towards those other games. So should they have got more heresy content creators? Possibly. It's a tough one to call for. I think, it goes back to my earlier point, I think people would rather have spoken to GW staff than content creators. I mean, it's difficult because I, I keep within my niche of a hobby. I, I'm not widely into Instagram or a lot of these other places where for content creators publish i don't tend to watch many battle reports online apart from the 30k channel and a couple of others it, it's a challenge one i think gw didn't quite know what they wanted to do with them i think if they were to do it again and i have put this in feedback to gw i think we better if that the content creators did a small even if it was like a 10 minute presentation for one of a better word to talk about this is what I've done with the box set this is the approach I took with it this is what I plan to be doing in the future to give it a bit more substance something for people to bite into because we know what it's like in education JP you tend to get a better response if you prime people first if you give them a foundation of information to build on people tend to have then get questions back at you from that foundation where if you just do a simple what do you think of this and leave it open, you never get the same kind of responses. Does that make sense? Or is that oh, yeah, absolutely, too, absolutely. Is that coming across too critical? I don't think no, so, no. Think um, this certainly wasn't a criticism. I'm just, I was just literally wondering who these people were. <laughs> yeah, no, again, I, I, don't mean that as a, I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just... um, and also, I don't want it to come across like that. And I, I want to make it very clear that that was from my perspective. Other people at the event may have absolutely loved to have a content creators there. But I haven't seen much of that on social media or comments in the Harris community groups that I'm a part of. So I think if they if GW are going to do this at other open days, I think it needs to be explored a little bit more. Um, but yeah, going back to what we were saying about what the content creators had created, for what for better word here. <laughs> yeah, language is great. Um, it really showed what you could do with those box sets because yes, a lot of them were in the standard poses as they come so literally out of a box and painted in the appropriate legion colors some of them had done some really really good kit bashes or conversion work one which was a world eaters force and i just very very need need to check who put that together because I, I did put some information together on who did that people people war gamer there we go so people war gamers world eaters force he had done a great job of showing how that the kits can be kit bashed. So his world eaters were the standard mark set where it was the box as we've seen images of. But then one of the squads he'd used the uh, the world eaters veteran heads on, the ones with the bunny ears, the Saren pattern helmet helmets, and he'd added chain axes to them. 
Uh, he'd also taken the, if I say the Imperial Fist Praetor in the box, one we've seen quite a lot painted as the Imperial Fist one, one a lot of people had some issues with when they were talking about online. And then he didn't add the cloak. He'd shaved off a lot of the extra details or filed down a lot of the extra details. So the armour was more simplified and he put a different bare head on it. Uh, I think he'd added a chain axe rather than a sword to it as well. I'll double check my pictures. Um, and it made such a difference to the kits. It really brought made them feel like a world eaters force, despite the fact they were still the basic Mark Six box, uh, make the basic Mark Six bodies. One of the other things that all the armies demonstrated was actually how poseable the, the plastic contemptor was, because we knew there already there were ball joints or half boy ball joints on the hips and the waist and on the arms. There were some question marks about the leg posability compared to a resin one. There was quite a few of the contemptors posed with tactical rocks or standing on other things with the legs raised. So it does show that the new plastic contemptor can be posed, possibly not to the same degree as the current resin ones, but certainly more than we may have been expecting. The other thing with a plastic contemptor is for power fists does look like it can go on either arm as well. So it does look like with a resin one, the weapons can go on either arm. So we've got lots more flexibility built into that kit than possibly we we first thought through the Warhammer community articles. Do we want to talk about releases now? Actually, let's talk about the kit for uh, for a couple of seconds. I did have a, a question for you guys about this because I think that the contents of the kit is impressive. It's going to be ex- it's going to be expensive, but I think less expensive than we thought because they already said than- it's going it's going to be less than three hundred dollars. And I mean, yeah, it's what- sorry, I've, I've just seen. Uh, somebody online posts through a uh, a retailer like a your, your FLGS um, that with a twenty five percent discount it could be less than one hundred and fifty pound. Okay, now, so this like- is just a random guy. Take this with a huge vat of salt. This is just some guy I've read on Facebook, so it could have no validity whatsoever. With a twenty five percent discount, it could come under one hundred and fifty. So we're still looking at roughly. It'll probably be three hundred dollars Canadian, like two fifty American. Ish, um, yeah, yeah, ish. The, it, what, what's in there? Thirty, uh, thirty, um, thirty beacon marines. Forty. 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 Oh, 40. I would have gone for. Mar- okay. Forty. I it was gonna be, I, I, I would have thought it was going to be thirty. Just you know, just two just out of respect 20. to the original kit, to the original beaky kit. Oh yeah, that'd be quite nice. But no, 40. no, forty. Okay, there's forty, 40 marines. There's 10 cataphractic terminators. Those are the old sculpts, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't think yeah. they're new sculpts. Um, a plastic Spartan, a plastic contemptor, and two praetors. Yeah. That's that's an army. It, it yeah, that's an army in a box. Out from what we've been told through some other sources, it roughly works out between 1,500 and 1,750 points. That's amazing. Compare uh, We can compare that to um, Betrayal Kelf, which was the... Um, because I wouldn't consider Prospero really an entry uh, game. I think that no, can, no, no. that was disappointing. Even though everybody loves Plastic Mark Threes, like no one's different. No one's complained about them. But um, having very situational stuff in there was kind of disappointing uh, with the Custodies. In that, it's not something everybody can use. What I mean, it's like it's not like we don't like Plastic Custodies. Sure. Everybody likes Plastic Custodies so long as you don't have to face them on the battlefield. The the Calth uh, is probably the best uh, the best comparison. Calth came mm-hmm. out roughly like. Uh, Probably half that price, but you have way less than half of the material in Calth. Yeah. But the other things to also point out with the new box 
is you get the full rule book, yeah, which absolutely. is huge. And I will talk about the books very, very shortly because they were on display at the open day. <clears throat> so you get a full copy of the book, reference sheets, dice, templates, and most important, and this is the critical thing that they've put in there, <laughs> whippy sticks. Whippy sticks are back. Oh. They've got the whippy sticks back. Awesome. Any gamer yep. of the nineties will tell you you can take someone's eye out with one of those at yep, eighteen I re- inches. I still got the scars. Uh, yeah. I, I, as a child, I was abused by staff members with those goddamn whippy sticks. Yeah, that sounded terrible. Uh, but no, this um, box set. I've been talking with a couple of clients uh, and uh, like a couple of new guys getting in contact with me. I want to commission painted, uh, but I'm not sure what legion will go with. Uh, like, what's the best solution for me? I've been running through ideas. It's turned into a little bit of an article, but. This box set suits every legion. Any legion can have this. And I'm thinking of combinations. Okay, so I want a 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 point army. Well, it's this box plus special unit from your legion plus a Primark or a tank or a knight. And that, that's your list right there. That's your army. So it really yeah. is just the foundational layer of any heresy collection. It's such a good box set. It's very old school in that here's your arm, starting army in a box. Now mm-hmm. add on this block of your troops yep. or this special character or this unit, and mm. that will round it out. And then you can add yeah. this block of troops. It, it, it would be brilliant for those slow build campaigns that a lot of people mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we didn't fill out the contents of the box. So 40 Marines, 10 Cats, Fracti. Spartan, uh, Contemptor, and two Praetors. Yes. Or a Praetor in a console, right? Yeah, exactly. Praetor or console, you can use them as that. Yeah, that's and fantastic. Like that's a fa- that's a fantastic kit. Plus, you have one in Terminator, uh, Terminator armor and one in um, you know Artificer armor, which means that you have you can maybe model them quickly as a siege breaker and put them in with uh, your, your your Terminators. Um, uh, they're both Mark Six. They're both Mark Six. No, no. One they're of them both. is a Terminator. No, no. no. Both of them are Mark. Both of them are Mark. Just six. a really chunky fella. Oh, he's just chunky. Oh, never yeah, mind. Yeah, it's just chunky. Yeah, you can still go with the Terminators. My question, okay, here's a, here's a quick question for you. Um, could you, how would you split this box down into two even forces if you chose to do that? I don't understand the question. <laughs> you and a friend? No, 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 no. Just, okay, because the best, uh, typically when these games come out, um, not typically, often you, you split them with a friend. Doesn't mean that we're going to split them with friends. I'm saying if you wanted to split them as a friend, to start heresy to have two could you make two armies out of this is my okay, question i'm not i'm not sure whether you want to dovetail at this particular moment into the uh like sample games that they had on the display or yeah we, we, we can we can fit into that and i, I think that's a, a good place to segue in there isn't it because they yeah, did yeah. have quite a lot of demo mm-hmm. games there and the demo games are great because you normally i mean we're all children of late uh, of of nineties going into GW stores and seeing the demo games they had. They, they starter mm-hmm. games that many of us took on our first steps, and it was it, they weren't often particularly balanced, were they? Let, let's be honest. Um, and what the demo games yesterday did is rather than having every demo game with exactly the same units on the table, every table had a slightly different set of miniatures. So you hmm. could experience different things. So you didn't have to just do one demo game, one table and go, I am now done. I can now leave. It was a case of, okay, I've experienced that. Now I want to try this aspect. And now I want to try this aspect. So on one table, they just had um, 
infantry. So that was, and that was just Mark Sixes. That was just your standard tactical squads. So you could experience what it was like for basic infantry. And another table, you had um, a limited number of Mark Six, a squad of Terminators, the Spartan and the Contemptor. So you could see how the Spartan and the Contemptor played off against each other. Um, spoilers, if a Contemptor makes it into contact, the Spartan dies. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, because... Unlike the old days where the Spartans' last cannons can just go, I'm going to nail the Contemptor. Mm. Now the Contemptor has wounds, it can close the gap a little bit easier. Oh, ah, yeah. That's a good point. How, how did the Contemptor, sorry, how did the Contemptor do against infantry? Um, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment because that, that sorry, leads yeah. me on to like more of the open gaming. And then the Great. last kind of open gaming, of the last demo table, had Praetors on each side. So you could see how characters functioned. Um, Obviously, all, one of the other things all the tables really pushed on were the reaction element, this new main mm. feature of the game, which I think is going to be groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, I've got opinions on reactions, and I'll mention those a little bit more when I talk about more of the open game side of things as well. But by having all those different demo games, it meant that if you'd never played the game before, and there was, I would say, a sizable chunk of people yesterday who have never played Heresy before, who may have come along with a friend, you know, I, I'm, I'm a classic example of this. I've been heavily invested in Heresy since 2012. Some of my friends have had passing interest, but they've never played the game. The last 12 months, they're starting to come around to wanting to collect armies. Oh, good. My, my main gaming partner, my, my gaming partner for a, a number of years, which I will not disclose. Hello, Andy, you just started listening to the, the, the show. Um, <laughs> he's now getting much more in, invested in it. So the people who like that yesterday, who have never played Heresy, could jump in with tactical units and go, okay, how does this compare to 40k? Those more experienced people who have played Heresy for a while could go, I want to see what the new Contemptor play is like. Mm -hmm. So there, there was a good scaling, I, I want to kind of say, maybe that's mm -hmm. not the best term to use, but there was a good demo game, depending on your previous experience with the game. And all of them kind of built on. Um, one of the things I will say is um, all the models were just base sprayed. And it was quite clear that all the models had just been sprayed rather than brush painted. That was quite interesting by itself because we know GW, certainly Forge World, have pushed airbrushes. So they could have been airbrushed. Or the other obvious thing here is spray cans. So is there a, a subtle hint there? And I don't know, but is there a subtle hint we're going to get Legion spray colours along with this at some point? We that have had make crazy... colour schemes. So that would make these colour schemes so much more accessible to people yeah. just to blast through one colour and then maybe put yeah. an oil wash or like a wash on top and then away you go gaming. Absolutely. And obviously that's me spitballing. That's me putting two and two together and coming up with 55. Um <laughs> But we'll see in a few months' time how accurate that was. You heard it here first. We, what was also accessible was then there was an open play area. Um, so those of you who have been to Warhammer World open days before know that beyond Bugman's is where the staff cafeteria normally is. And they normally open that up to the studio teams. That's where the studio teams normally are during open days. This time was entirely put away to open gaming. Now, Every time I went into the open gaming area, and this is another small criticism I have with the event, 
is it was mostly half empty, which meant half that room was underused. Which, considering how packed the main gaming hall was, the main hall was, would be a better way to describe it. And the fact we didn't have a studio team there, that could have been put aside for a studio team or displays of the sprues or whatever. So I think they could have utilised that room better than it actually was used. On these open gaming tables, however, they had very, very simple scenery. That's all you need. And they had a reference sheet for the new rules. But that reference sheet didn't tell you everything. There was a small pack, and I'm sure people have now seen this online. In fact, Miles, I think you posted up on Facebook, didn't you, about some of the basic yes. rule, um, units. One yeah. thing I do want to clarify, because I did speak to a couple of the um, staff there, they did clarify that these event or unit rules were only for the open day. They are not the final version. So I know there is a lot of people panicking that the Contemptor doesn't have its carries or the conversion beam or the Volkite. They will be there. They just weren't there for these for the open day. Quite simply, well, does right, to make it a little bit simpler to uh, to get a yeah, game it, in? It, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more limited to what will come in the box, basically. So I don't think we're going to have a full range of contempt weapons in the box, as an example. Um, but anyway, so and then as well as the quick reference sheet, which had the new to hit chart for close combat, oh, it had I the they had reactions. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, we had the full list of reactions. It had, for example, the, the change to vehicle damage chart because it has been tweaked ever so slightly. Um, what else did it have? It the phases of the game. Um, no psychic phase. We'll talk about that at a later date, I think. Um, I can't remember what else was on the reference sheet. I think that's pretty much it. Now. They also had some packs on there for very, very simple scenarios to play because they did recommend to people going to the event, bring 20 Marines, uh, five to, or 10 Terminator, 10, uh, yeah, 20, 20 Power Armor, 10 Tacticals, or sorry, 10 Terminators, a Land Raider-sized vehicle, and a Dreadnought. So they, they recommended bits for people to bring. And then with these open game tables were some simple scenarios that you could try out. So, and they explained, for example, how to try the reactions. So, I had a good chat to people. Some people just played through those scenarios. Some people played kind of a miniature game. Now, one of the downsides was that reference sheet was seen in isolation. So, we don't know how it reacted to other elements of the game that we didn't have. So, one reaction, for example, was you can return fire in the enemy shooting phase. So, if Miles one of Miles's Blood Angel squads shot at my Sons of Horus. Once Miles has done his to hit rolls, his wound rolls, and I've made my armor saves, before we take any what used to be feel no pains, it's now called da damage mitigation, and before I remove any casualties, I can spend a reaction to shoot back at Miles's unit. Now, one of the questions that was raised, because it wasn't recorded anywhere, if I do 25% casualties to Miles' unit in his shooting phase, does he still have to take morale check? Because that had come up a couple of times. So potentially, you could shoot in an enemy, they shoot back, and you were the ones who fall back because you just had worse saving throws than your opponent. Brutal, but that I kind of like it. Yeah, and so do I. Uh, one of yeah. the other areas that came up with on the reference sheet was nothing was clarified how many reactions you got. They just said, here are the reaction. Now, 
most people I spoke to had previously looked at the leaked documents and knew it's one per face. But if you hadn't read those leaked documents, remember what I said earlier, there was a lot of people here who had never been or played heresy or looked up a heresy. <coughs> they didn't know. That they, they wouldn't know unless it was explained in one for demo games that they only had one per phase. And maybe that's what the, the events team were thinking, that you played a demo game first and then went to the open gaming tables. Maybe that's kind of the logical progression they were thinking of. But gamers being what gamers are, most people, a lot of people, more experienced gamers, just went, let's go and have an open game without mm. doing the demos. So, you know, and that's why I'm saying it's a small criticism. It's not groundbreaking. I do think that room was underutilized. I think they could have gone with half the number of gaming tables they did, and it still would have worked out perfectly fine. Now, you asked earlier, Miles, how does Contempt to play? Yes. Right, let's put this quite simply. Against power armor or against a vehicle, if the Dreadnought is equipped correctly with a power fist or a chain fist, it wrecks them. It absolutely rips through them. As you would expect, it's going awesome. to take damage against infantry because now crack grenades actually have a use. You can use those crack grenades against those dreadnoughts in close combat, but you only get one attack. So you can you can swarm it, you can you know absolutely get round it, but then you're also presenting more targets for the contempt to punch you back. You you're creating a a target rich environment for that contemptor. Now, I did see squads of Marines drag a Contemptor down, but that was with lucky that was with lucky rolls. In an average combat, Contemptors against a non-specialist close combat squad, the Contemptor will win most times. How many wounds does it have? Oh, six to eight, if I remember. Ooh. Yeah, something like six to eight. And a two-plus save, and it still gets its antimantic um, shielding. Oh, that's nasty! I like it. Yes, there's going to be some great, there's going to be great some contemptor versus uh, robot battles in the future. I think. Yes, I need to get incendious dreadnoughts. Drop, drop pod dreadnoughts. I need to get them. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yes, you're totally right. Drop pod, drop pod dreadnoughts going to be fucking sick. But blood angels have have one where they can deep strike without it. And yeah, (laughs) yes. Okay. And many of those when when the contemptor loses its last wound. It automatically explodes now. Oh, it's not, awesome. it's not, oh I love it. You know, That's before great. it was only on the roller for six or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Now it automatically blows, and it's uh, and I can remember this from a few games where I watched. It's D6 inch any any models within D6 inches take a strength fit AP dash hit. A strength what? Eight. Strength strength eight. So, ah, you're, so, in, that's like so the... you're instant killing. Yeah. If you fail, you save them through against most marine units. I love this. Uh, Dreadnoughts have been underpowered for way too many editions. This is going to be great now, to see them back on the table. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. The other thing I want to add on to that, I did see it go up against the unit of Terminators. And mm-hmm. the Terminators were, had a variety of weapons in there, but they did have a decent mix of power fists and chain fists. I think it was a squad of eight Terminators by that point. Um, it was a squad of feet. Um, Standard Empress children was, but they'd thrown in some Phoenix Spears because I think they can do that, can't they? Right. Um, and I would say there's probably, there was maybe three or four Power Fist and a couple of Chain Fist attacks went in there. Mm-hmm. And it took all of those Power Fist attacks and all the Chain Fist attacks to drag it down. 
So the contempt went down oh, and it went down and it went down mm-hmm. in a single phase. But that's also because that contemptor didn't pass its invulnerable saves. So if it only takes one or two lucky saves, and it could be standing up to it. One of the things I think we're going to see, and this links back to the to hit chart that I know Miles is very, very keen about. Yes. Is specialist close combat units in close combat are going to dominate when they're in there because of the changes to the hit tables and the specific weapons they carry in. Could you go into more detail about the uh, change uh, in the to hit table? Because I looked at it. I guess I'm an idiot because I looked at it. I was like, I I don't see what's different. Um, Well, fundamentally, and this is, I don't know how many people realize this, because people just saw the the traditional chart that we've been so used to since Rogue Trader and went, that's cool. Fundamentally, it's the same rule. It's similar to the to wound chart of 40K. So if you're. It's exactly. So mathematically. Yeah, mathematically, yeah. it works out to be the new 40k to chart. Absolutely. So if you're equal weapon skill, you hit on fours. If it's less than double your weapon skill, now I'm trying to think, if, so, if, so if, you're between, if it's double your weapon skill, you hit on sixes. And if it's higher than your weapon skill but not double, then you hit on five. So, for example, standard marine weapon skill is four. You hit another marine on fours if they've got weapon skill four. If you're between four and seven, sorry, if you're between five and seven, you hit on fives. And if your weapon skill eight and above, you hit on sixes. Yeah, and the flip side. And on so the flip if, side is yeah. go on, Miles, because you've you've seen it. This well. is what I'm really excited about because I my gaming group, I have one mechanical player, I have one cultist player, and the amount of times they've targeted my sanguineous or a big unit, I'm only hitting on threes, like this guy who's barely recognizable as a human being. And I cannot hit him on twos, but yet a sniper squad or uh, anyway, enough of my trauma. The to hit chart now goes to two plus. So oh, if you are yeah, double, yeah, yeah, I see it now. If you're double the weapon skill of your opponent, you hit on twos, and they conversely hit you on sixes. I cannot tell you how much I love. I it, love. It is that huge, change. and it's been we've had similar things obviously in previous systems and so on and we in 40k it doesn't sound much when you hit oh i'm only hitting you on fives oh you're hitting me back on threes it doesn't sound much but when you're realistically rolling those dice from a table it makes such a difference that consistency of hitting your opponent on threes but they're only hitting you on fives is huge so those specialist close combat units so you're um, Phoenix Guard Terminators now with Power Spears, your Justarian Terminators, your um, Blood Angel, Angel Tears, and, and mm-hmm. or Raptors, Raptors, Raptors as well. Yeah. When you get them into the right units now, you're going to dominate against them. So finally, we're starting to see some of these actual tactical roles these units are meant to have start to appear on tabletop as well. And I'm so excited for it. So things like, for example, Contemptors are all weapon skill five. You stick them against a standard squad of Marines, not only are they now more survivable because they have wounds and an armor save, but they're also hitting you more regularly and you're struggling to hit them and you're only likely going to get one attack back against them with a crack grenade each. Mm. So all of those things kind of add up, whereas Terminators, your elite Terminators going against Contemptor are likely going to be hitting on fours and they're likely to have a weapons to be able to damage the contempt much more easily. 
So it's and more the, about that target selection. So the Terminators in the demo game, did they have two wounds each as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure whether we can press onto this book, but the vehicle damage chart, it's something I picked up on. Um, so I, uh, it, when, when a vehicle explodes. So we're all, do, do we want to talk about that now? Yeah, it all fits into what we're talking about, doesn't it? Great, it great. Yeah, that, so um, game and... I, I have been a little bit naughty and I have seen the leaked documents. And I have had a game uh, to just try things out. Uh, so big unit of two wound terminators riled her on in a Spartan. Yes, the um, the bus, the bus of pain. Uh, it was blown up in my game. So I looked at the vehicle damage chart. They get, oh, no big deal. Each model within the unit needs to take a strength eight AP dash hit. And it's very important that it's each miniature. And these, okay, my Terminators now two wounds. They're doubling out on a, on a roll of one. And I can no longer pass off my wounds anymore. So Ralderon had to roll as well. Vehicles are death traps in this new edition. Yeah, tra- transport vehicles are interesting. Uh, and of one of the things you can now do with reactions and this kind of now leads me on to this part of reactions and then leads me on to this part of reactions reactions. i I think if we finish off with reactions then we can close the game inside out with we can then talk a little bit more um one of the things you can do react with reactions is you can react to enemy movement within 12 inches so an enemy (laughs) goes up to uh, an enemy unit moves up to 12 inches off you you can spend a reaction point to either move directly away or directly towards so one of the things that I saw being used quite a lot yesterday is your spot. The enemy Spartan moves twelve inches up towards you. You you then react by moving up and closing off the front ramp. So the oh. enemy have to disembark around the sides. That may mean it's more difficult for them to then get the angle to get the charge onto you. So you may not get as many troops in the charge against you. That's clever. I have seen um, a unit move up. Uh, so with that Terminator bus sort of like running up, you want to hit like a good target, but you can sort of screen them off with another unit, with like a sacrificial unit. Yeah. Uh, now, I, had a, I had quite a, another chat with most, or, well, a, a number of people who were playing the game and I specifically wanted to kind of get their feedback and reactions because, the, you know, this is the new big thing about this edition. And I think it's too early to make some definite calls and reactions. I know there's been a lot of chat about them online. There's been a lot of positives and negatives on both sides of it. I think it's one of these things we need to see played by the community outside of leaked playtest documents. We need to see how it reacts with the full rules. But from my experience from watching it yesterday, I don't think, from my perspective, on the very limited number of games we saw and the size of the games we saw, that it scales particularly well. So if you've only got a limited number of units on the board, potentially you've got you could have one unit reacting in every phase and then acting completely in your own turn as well. However, Mm. I'm going to then proviso that one off as your games get larger. So conversely, you have more units on the table and there are more things happening along the, the width of that table you're going to have to have tougher choices on when to use your reactions. So Miles is a classic Blood Angel player. He could have set up multiple charges. Mm-hmm. If I've only got one reaction in my assault phase, I have to select which one of my units I'm going to overwatch with. 
Now, if that's, say, a 3,000-point game, Miles could have set up three or four charges in that one assault. In a smaller game, a 1,000-point game, let's say, which zone mortalis could be a consideration here, he may have only set up that one charge in that one turn. So it's definite where I'm going to put my reaction for Overwatch. Whereas in so it's, not like, game, it's, it's not like stratagems where you'd get like one per 500 points or anything like that. No, it's not. It's not at all. Or, and it's not like Titanicus where you have a number of points or a number of reactions depending on the size of your game either. So obviously, obviously we haven't seen the full rules. There could be a proviso for that in the main rules. We, we don't know. Until we have that physical hard copy of a book in our hands, we don't know exactly how this is going to work. But certainly in the scale of the games that I saw yesterday, reactions were quite dominant when they when they acted. So I'm not... And that's not me saying, oh, no, the sky is falling, reactions are a terrible part of the game, they're going to completely unbalance it. It's horrific. I'm saying when they're used and they're used in the right place, they have an effect on the game. However, we don't know how widespread that effect will be in larger scale games, particularly as we know, heresy gamers tend to veer towards larger point games of 2,000 plus, 2,000 points plus. We don't know for, uh, for lower point games, like Zone Mortalis is the best example, if they're going to adjust how reactions will work. There's, mm-hmm. there's too many unanswered questions around them to be getting really wound up by them one way or another. The only thing I will say about reactions is from what I've read of them, I think they add a huge tactical element to the game. So if you've got a close combat army, you're going to have to work closer at closing that distance. But your opponents can only back up so far. You have to work more of your units in synchronization. So your Death Star, for example, your traditional Death Star that we've had in Remeta for, for years and years, Mark's Death Star was the most disgusting thing we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. um, now, if you do that, you know where all your reactions are going to go into. You compile all your reactions against that one unit and neutralize it. Whereas someone has spread a much more balanced army, I hesitate to use the word narrative army, but if someone is playing a more thematic army, let's put it like that, which is naturally playing to those legion strengths, it's much more challenging then to make your decisions where those reactions are going to go because you're going to be facing potentially multiple threats or your opponent has set up deliberately traps for you. Ah, I'm thinking you're going to react by moving forward into that gap, which then brings you into line of sight of this Volkite squad I've got tucked around this corner of this building. I, I'm thinking, from, from my perspective, from what I've seen so far in the games, which is limited, and I'm freely admitting that, I think they're going to add more strategy to the game than take it away. Yeah, agreed. I mean, this is... It sounds uh, fantastic. This brand new bolt on, and the uh, turns feel much more interactive as well. It's not, okay, as you go, I go. You have to actively yes. think all the time where you want to, because things develop on the field. Perhaps uh, a charge doesn't go off, or perhaps somebody doesn't bring in a deep striking unit. Like, you're constantly thinking where to allocate your reaction uh, for that Abs- turn, for which unit, yeah, absolutely, and that kind of that leads me on to a couple of other small points I'm just going to make. The, oh, other, the people I spoke to about the gamings, they all said they felt more involved in every part of the game, whether it was their mm-hmm. turn or not. 
And I think that's a key thing. We've all played those games of heresy, 40K, whatever, when it's when it's your opponent's turn, you're only rolling to take your models off the board. Now you can be rolling in every single phase of your opponent's turn. You can be actively doing things. And everyone I spoke to really loved the idea that they were busy and having to think all the time during the game, which creates a better game experience for both sides. Yeah. And in, in sorry to interject, Mom, in my game, um, I think it got to turn two and the World Eater player assaulted me in my shooting phase and effectively ended the game. So even though, <laughs> awesome. yeah, even though it was turned because of one of the reactions that they may be getting, um, even though it was turn two, it felt like in the traditional game, we've maybe played like three or four turns. So in that turn, like a lot more stuff is happening. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. So with that kind of segues us on once again to actually talking about the books themselves. Yes. Um, because we saw the books. We saw the books now. Every GW staffer who was running a demo game had a copy of the rule book on them, but it was kept in a bag on their person at all times. So they never left it laying around. There was no way for the, the customers visiting the event to have a look at the books. In the actual gaming, um, well, in, in the releases cabinets, they did have a copy of the first three books that are going to be released. So they had a copy of the main rule book. They had a copy of the uh, Libra Astartes and a copy of the Libra Hereticus. Now, we've been used to the Black Books for years, and we don't know what's happening to the Black Books. We still have no official confirmation whether they're going, whether they're staying, whatever. So I'm not going to get drawn into that conversation. However, the conversation I will get drawn into now is the size of these new books coming our way, because you could murder someone with one of these books. <laughs> they... I had a quick, obviously, they're in a cabinet. We had a quick look. When I got home, I had a quick look next to my black books. I reckon each one of those books we are getting is about the size of uh, book four, book five in the black book collection. The biggest ones? Yeah. They're, oh, they're wow. About, they're about 300 pages. Now, let's kind of break that down. We don't know the full contents, but let's use common sense and comparisons. The main rule book. It's not going to be all rules. Let's be honest. If this is someone's introduction to the Age of Darkness, that book is going to be jammed pack of law and background. It's going to have a very simple background, a background to all 18 legions. It's probably going to have a simple background to the Mechanicum, to the Imperial Army, to possibly Night Households. It may even have a small background to the Demons of Ruin still. It's going to have a background to what? the Great Crusade was, to what the Imperium was like at that point in time. It may give us a very quick overview of the heresy from Ispan 3 through to the Siege of Terror. It has to introduce someone to the game. This could be some of the first time someone picks up anything to do with Horus Heresy. And then we're going to get our typical rules. You're going to get your main rules, your optional rules, your mission packs and everything else. So that, that initial book is the same as your 40k main rule book, your Age of Sigmar main rule book, your Necromunda main rule book, whatever. We then look at the, the Libra book, the Libra Astartes or Libra Hereticus. Common sense is suggested, I think it actually does say in the, the Warcom article, it gives us a full army list. 
So you don't need to buy a separate book for your army list like we do currently with the red books. That will have your army list contained. It will then have nine legions in that book. Each legion is bound to have a legion background, legion colour plates, legion models, so artwork or um, photos of models, specialist models in those units or just generic with plastic kits. They've also then going to have Primark rules, unit rules, special war gear rules in there as well, potentially specific faction rules, like specific reactions has been suggested or seen somewhere. And that's for nine legions at a time. You're then going to have all your specific unit profiles in there as well. You're going to have your war gear rules contained in there as well. These are massive books. And the fact they're invested in them so early means they're probably going to be quite stable for a while with not many tweaks or adjustments. Now, I, we know what the price of the black, the black books are. I don't think they're going to be as expensive for black books because from what I could see in the cabinets, they were your standard GW construction, your, your typical codex or your hard copy rule book construction. They're not as well constructed as a black book in, in terms of their hardcover presentation, if we put it in those terms. But the books themselves are going to be very, very good value, especially if you only collect one side. So, for example, um, I, I'm a good example, I suppose, because both my legions I collect are both traitors. So technically, I don't need to buy the Libra Astartes rules. If you've got armies on both sides of conflict, then it suddenly gets a little bit more expensive. Yeah, but the, there's no question that the price point is going to go down so much, particularly for people that have to import. Uh, the fact that we don't have to buy these books from Forge World, we can buy them at our local uh, Games Workshop. Absolutely. Will just oh, make, that's a good point. Yeah. Make it so much yeah. cheaper. Because even the import fees, because uh, 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 Forge World sends everything UPS and then it shows up at your house and you have to give them an extra $50 over what you already spent. Yeah. It's so... <laughs> Uh, it's it's discouraging and it discourages people from actually jumping on board the game. You buy it at yeah. your local GW or your local friendly uh, neighborhood, uh, uh, friendly local game store. That brings the uh, the price point so so much lower for especially for people outside the UK. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely, it, it's going to have such a positive impact on people getting access to the game. I think the point I'm trying to make here with these two with with the collection of these books is. It's a lot less than we're currently having to use to play units. So, for example, if um, Dark Age, well, not Dark Age is a great example, White Scars, for example, have their rules split over what, two, three books currently? Uh, uh, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I, at least two or three books. You need, the, the, you need your red book for your basic armor list. You then got book nine. Mm -hmm. book, book nine, uh, book eight, book, uh, book eight or book nine, isn't it? With specific white scar rules. Plus, you may have some additional ones in some earlier bits. So if you want to use specific other units, they may be spread out for other black books. Now we're going to have all of this contained in one place. I should note one other thing about uh, about it being available in stores because I just thought about this. It's also going to push uh, Warhammer stores uh, to convince people to play Heresy. I remember going into Absolutely. Warhammer store one time. And asking about a heresy, I don't remember exactly what I was asking about. And the guy was just trying to sell me 40k and telling me that heresy was dead. Don't buy some 40k because, and, and yeah. 
Well, the, the problem is for a lot of local stores, not only Warhammer stores, but um, the fact that they don't sell it, it doesn't improve their, you know, their their sale numbers. Um, them pointing you to the Forge World website does not help them. Um, and so I kind of understand why, but it kind of frustrated me nonetheless. But having them in the store will mean that you'll have staff actually uh, pushing uh, 30K, which I think was always kind of an impediment. So this yeah. removes several major impediments for people getting um, into the game. Absolutely. And it's not just for rules you're going to be able to get in store. There's also going to be the new kits. All those, all those new plastic kits are going to be sold through the main Warhammer stores and through your, F, uh, your FLGS. Yep. And a plastic Spartan, uh, you might as well have like produced a license to, 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 to print money. <laughs> Everybody's going to be buying plastic Spartans. And it, it, the kit looks great, too. Yeah, uh, I think personally the weapon packs are going to be the big sellers. Mm, but let's yeah. talk about these. Let, let's talk about uh, this. Is, this is now the natural point, isn't it, to move on to the kits themselves. And let's kind of gush about those for a few minutes. So <laughs> the Spartan, do you want to start with the Spartan? Start big and we'll move on to the little things? Yeah, yeah, let's start with the Spartan. It's big. Um, and I had a good look at the plastic ones of the cabinet. I also had a good, good look at the, the demo ones as well. I then went and wandered into the Forge World store. They they've removed them, but they have got the Typhon and the um, what's the other, the other one that uses Spartan Sashi? Oh, the one with the laser cannon destroyer on yeah, it. Yeah, Cerberus. The Cerberus. Nobody ever and, took that. Yeah. yeah, and I could not tell the difference between the two. Uh, I think the only way you're going to tell the difference between a resin Spartan and a plastic Spartan is when you lift it up. The kit, the, the new plastic kit yeah. is that or good. If, if one's chipped up to help, because that's always been the problem with the Spartan, because the kit is so heavy, it chips easily in plastic. Yeah. It mitigates that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it comes with quite a few weapon options. So like I said earlier, like the content creators, um, you've got the last cannons, you've got the quad last cannons on the size that we've always had. But now you can then put a twinling last cannon or a heavy flamer or a uh, heavy bolter into the, the, the nose mount as yeah, well. So it's a sponson mounted last cannon. So how many last cannons does that make? Um, uh, two, four, six, eight, ten. Ten yeah. on there. <laughs> ten on there. Plus you then got the pintle mount as well. So you can add other weapons on the pinned mount, which has a Mark II gunner. Um, no, as does geez. the Damus Rhino. The Damus Rhino also has a Mark II gunner on board. And the um, Kratos has a Mark II gunner. So the, the Mark II CAD files, at least for the torso upwards, are out there. Future ah, potential. They're just teasing us. They're just teasing yeah, us. They, they really are. They're doing it on purpose. Um, yep. But yeah, it, it's a solid kit, the Spartan. I'm, I'm very impressed. I'd like to see what some of the other doors are like on the Spartan. Because what they said in the community article is you've got the eye, the Aquila, or plain doors. I only really saw plain and the Aquila. I didn't really see the eye. So I'd be quite interested yeah. to see what that's like. But yeah, I mean, and it's going to be such a much easier kit to put together. Oh, God, yeah. The back of the tracks were always a nightmare to deal with the gates. Um, yeah. So looking forward to not having to deal with that. And uh, the Rhino, speaking about ball legs to put together, um, oh bless it yeah the, the, i mean the resin rhinos they were great great looking kit but there's always that join at the front that never quite linked up when you had that split yeah now it's all in plastic straight lines 
grill, Ble- ready to go. And it. it's the such tra- a yeah. The tracks are different as well. Do you want to talk about the tracks? Well, it's your typical thirty k aesthetic, isn't it? Really, I mean, you're 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 the designer. You're the painter. Mars gone. You take the tracks, and then I'll talk about so, the options um, I saw. For the the tracks are the same as the Land Raider. Oh, sorry, the Sakaran, the Sakaran tracks. They're the same uh, on the Demius pattern Rhino now. They've replaced. So the old Rhino kit used to have sort of like an Imperial Eagle stamped on it. Yeah, uh, but that's changed. It, it, they're a much easier to paint, flatter, improved Sakaran style track now. Thank God. Yeah. And we've also got remolded smoke launchers on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you've got apparently all the pintle mounts as well. So you can have your pintle mounted heavy bolts or, or multi melter on there as well. And Havoc Launcher. Now, the, I like the Havoc Launcher. There's a couple of things I noticed with Havoc Launcher. It's the same design Havoc Launcher as New Contemptor has. So you've got that similar design aesthetic. So you know it's the same technology. It also makes it much easier when you're playing the game of going, is that a Havoc Launcher or is that a Cyclone? Mm. So yeah. you haven't got those mixes between it. What I really like is how they've connected it to the Chaos Marine Rhino. Because the Chaos Marine Rhino, the Havoc Launcher goes into one of the top cupulas. Mm-hmm. It goes into, in, into those one of those slots. The new Havoc Launcher also goes into a top copula as well. That's so a nice you, touch. So you, it's, yeah. And it's one of those little nerdy, geeky things <laughs> that I love about it, where you can see and go, so that's why the Trades Marines in, in 40k have got it like that. Then. Because if the technology was from Great Crusade. And it's just little things like that. Um, the doors. I mean, it, it, now we understand why they kept the, the Damus resin doors for the Legions. Because we would now be able to put those onto our new plastic Damus Rhinos. Ah, mm. good point. Yeah, you keep keeping the doors going, you see. So that that's nice. So you can personalise those. Um, but yeah, I mean, functionally, it's the Damus we all know and love from, from years gone by, but it's now going to be so much cheaper. So fully mechanised armies have suddenly got a little bit more accessible for people. But as Miles said earlier... Death, death trap. trap. It's, a, it's a coffin. <laughs> it's a coffin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to get trapped in one of those. You want to get out. It, it's literally... Well, it's, it's World War II mechanised infantry. You ride it to the battlefield, you get out as soon as the first shot is fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, you awesome. don't ride in those things. Do we want to talk about the Kratos? Yeah, I'm seeing mixed reviews there. And I I don't know which camp I fall into. Like, I don't know whether I like this vehicle or not. I think it would be one of those things that if I see it in person, I'll be swayed either way. But uh, so having seen it in person, Darren, what, what do you think of it? Full disclosure... I'm one of the very, very small minority that's never liked Sikaran's chassis. <gasps> right. What? Yeah. yeah wow, I'm whoa, sorry. Confession. It's, oh my yeah. God. Okay, that's it. We're for, done. We've just me, lost the you know, business. Yeah. We'll start interviewing new co hosts tomorrow. Excellent. I guess my Sunday evening's back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've never been that keen on it. I. I yeah, I know, I know it's heresy, but I'm a, I'm a traitor player. What do you expect? Um, for me, the Kratos fits between, and in, in terms of size as well, it fits between the Sakaran and the Fellblade. So just like you've got the um, Proteus Land Raider, Phobos Land Raider, Spartan, so you can see how those chassis change and evolve over sizes, 
the Kratos now fits between the Sakaran and the Felblade in terms of how in development. In terms of size, I would say it's about slightly longer than a Spartan, mm -hmm. slightly wider than a Spartan. In terms of height, at, to, at highest point to highest point, they're probably about comparable, but the Kratos feels lower because of the chevron shape it has. Mm. I Now, like I said, I'm not a fan of Sakaar and Chassis, but there is something about the Kratos that I quite like. Now, that may be too, due to a massive amount of Volkite you can mount on that thing. <laughs> and long-term listeners will know my obsession with Volkite goes a long way. Um, but for me, the Kratos comes across as a very good Astartes main battle tank because it's so adaptable. It's like the Malkador for the Astartes is, mm, I think, the best way to compare it. It's, you know, you've got lots of anti-infantry options. So you've got your sponsored mounts, you've got your top barrel mounts as well. If you put the Volkite weapon on there, you can murder mass infantry for days. Militia armies will see one of those and just go, well, we're going home. We're not, we're not dealing with that. If you're dealing with a high proportion of armoured units, then you want the main battle cannon because that gives you that variety of different ammunition, which Warhammer community have already given some leaks about. Um, if you're going against things like automata heavy, you want the, the melter cannon because that is going to strip large armoured units very, very rapidly. And I think just because of that versatility, it raises up, raises it up from an average tank. In terms of looks, I'm still not sold on it. Mm, yeah, um, so I think it's I think the best way to describe it, it's a very typical Great Crusade vehicle when we're very used to 40k marine vehicles, which are uh, a brick. Whereas mm. the Sakaran family, which I will count now the Kratos as part of, look much more advanced. Do you know what the Kratos feel or the Kratos feels like? It feels like an introduction into a super heavy. It feels like my first super heavy. Yes. Yeah. But it's also a more affordable super heavy because it's plastic. Yeah, and accessible. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's that gateway drug into yeah. bigger bigger vehicles available. It, it's your first one is free. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's your first taste, son. Yeah. Oh, you've built a Kratos. Well done. Why don't you try a fire fell blade? <laughs> Yeah, these things are cool. Look how big that gun is. Yeah. Yeah, look, look. You use look how much fun you had with that Volkite weapon. I'd like you to introduce you to the glaive now. Yeah, it, it's yeah. my my little uh super heavy. I think yeah, we're gonna be seeing a butt ton of these because of how oh. versatile it is in game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good thing. The other thing I will point out, having had a good look at the kit, is I think the main gun might be able to be magnetized. Oh great. I, I mean people because... will find a way. Yeah, people will find, people always find a way, life, uh, life finds a way. Um, <laughs> but the way the gun, the main gun goes into the, the, the turret, it's slightly recessed inside there. There's like uh -huh. a cowling around it. And I think there'll be a way to attach magnets onto that so you could magnetise out the front weapons. Possibly. We, we need to see cool. the sprees. JP, what's your view on the Kratos? I like it. Uh, I think I prefer the regular Scarron because I, I love that chassis. <laughs> um, but I think it looks good and yeah, I, I don't know if I would purchase one myself, but I, I'm sure that it's going to be integrated into a lot of armies. I think it generally looks good. 
And again, it, it's coming out of a design style that I particularly enjoy. And the weapons are brutal. I was just looking at them. That Melta Cannon yeah. has four shots. That's heavy yeah. four. Yeah. That's right. Eight it's... AP one. Melta. Armor yeah. Bane. It's brutal. Yeah. And well, if Armor Bane is what it used to be under Remain Rules, um, what it used to be like is what? Wound, wounding on or two dice, to, uh, two dice damage vehicles? Yeah. Two dice so and then it's melted. Two dice add eight. Two dice, add eight. If yeah. you're under half range, add, no, add, add another dice. That's nasty. So potentially <laughs> un, under, what, 18 inches, you're rolling three dice penetration plus eight. But as far as vehicles go, I can't look past the Contemptor. Like, I'm all in on this new plastic Contemptor kit. I love what they've done with the design of them, moving to toughness. They feel more durable in-game. Darren, talk to me about this new plastic Contemptor. Oh, it, it's good. One of the things I will say, is I like the fact it's so plain because you can yes. customize it so much for your Legion. And yes. one of the things that a lot of content creators have done was put on quite a lot of decals or other designs or paint or freehanded designs on to show how to make it fit your Legion. And some, I think, yeah, th there was lots of adjustments and a lot of them put weapons into different arms to show that you can swap weapons from arm to arm like we can with a mm. resin one. There's a lot of different posing. And even if the legs aren't that poseable, and I, like I said, I still have some question marks around that because I only saw it happen ah, on a okay. couple of feet content. I think you can bend them quite a lot at the waist, and I think there's quite a lot of ability in movement in the ankles. I'm still not 100% convinced by the knees, um, but we'll see. Right. But okay. We'll, we'll see about that. It's a couple of poses I saw. I do think the knees are poseable because they have, they have them off from the old classic uh, tactical rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, most yeah. of them were fixed. Now, it could be, like we've seen with a, a few recent GW kits, where they've got pins in them. So you uh, can yeah. just glue them into one place. But if you click out the pins, snip off the pins, that suddenly gives you that much more flexibility. It could be done like that. I don't know because we didn't see any sprues. But Regardless of that, small poses in the weight or small changes in the posing in the waist or the, the leg direction because they're ball joints or the arms made such a difference to the models. I didn't see any two contemptors posed the same. I saw a couple posed into a running pose as well. So you can still do your running contemptors, which is, you know, glorious for your close combat ones. Um, like they said in the community in the community article the power fist either has fingers or claws so you can do whichever style you prefer on that fundamentally if you put that next to the original contempt model the plain sculpt contempt not your legion specific yes your typical contempt to sculpt i don't think you would spot a difference between them once it was painted it feels like a lot of these kits have sort of been like 3d scanned and translate into plastic, uh, which is, uh, like you say, the difference between the ones in the resin uh, uh, Land Raiders and the new plastic one, mm. uh, which is great because the design is so good already. You don't want to change it. You don't want to mess around with it. So just translate into plastic. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Why Why change something that works? Yes. And why change something? That, I mean, how many contemptor chassis have we seen over the years? And it's so fun to It's paint. a classic kit. It's just a classic it kit. Absolutely. 
uh, and it's it looks so good it's it's a really nice kit now the mark six themselves do we want to talk about the mark six yes yeah the humble marine the basis the humble, of any force the humble beaky okay darren big anxiety in the community big anxiety i'm suffering with every other thought the rescale how big are they are they bigger than primaris right miles how much bigger to me are you I am um, no, I can't say that phrase. No, I am a giant. I was yeah. thinking of a very. I can't say that phrase, but yes, I am a giant. I tower. You're, you're over a you. good foot taller than me, at least. Yes. Yeah, and six foot about, four. Yeah, JP, or you're, you're not quite a foot taller than me. Then no, um, no, no, no. I'm, uh, like I think I'm somewhere in the middle between you and Miles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're all different sizes, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we get a little bit with Remark 6. They oh, are, interesting. They're, they're slightly taller, and it depends on the pose of Remark 6. So the more upright pose, because there's a couple of Mark 6 poses which are very much them striding into combat, they are possibly two, three mil taller than a Mark 4 or a Mark 3. Now, bear in mind, the Mark 3 is slightly taller than the Mark 4s anyway. So there's a small difference in scale. The ones which have your typical marine, the new Mark Sixes, which have your typical marine squatting pose, they're marginally taller than your Mark Threes. So when they're on a mixed army, or when they're three foot away on a gaming table, it's not going to be noticeably different. I, I've got no issue, and bear in mind, the majority of my sons of Horus are the original resin. Mark fours. So there's a great thread on Twitter by Leaky Cheese, and he's put up size comparisons against multiple miniatures. And yeah, like you say, the different uh, they are certainly uh, taller, like in scale, but it's a marginal, a margin, marginal difference, and more so than the actual scale of it, the size of it. They've been sort of like reshaped as well. They're a lot yeah. more proportional. That I think that's the best way to describe it. They're more proportional. They're more leggy. Mm, yes. Yeah. So those of you who like that sort of thing, you'll be willing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I looked at them and I looked at quite a few comparisons and I've seen a, a similar thread to you and a few other bits. I would not bat an eyelid about having these on the table next to my resin mark floors. Yes, mm. there's going to be difference, but then, you know, humans are all the different variety of height and so on. And it's and what when I, it's three foot away on the table, I'm not that bothered. And what I've been thinking, okay, so new edition, if they are going to rescale it, cool. I'll do a new army, just new new army, new me. But having seen the scale difference, like I was a bit worried about adding these alongside my just Aaron. I don't want this Mark Six Marine towering over my Terminator. But that's not going to happen. So I'm thinking no. with this new box set, why not just produce like a bulk of Sons of Horus so I can play more variety of missions with my Sons of Horus now? Do uh, it, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's completely re re. I have a complete rethought of what to do because the scale it, it's perfect as well. It's slightly bigger, so it does give you uh, more surface area to paint. It, it's been rescaled. It, it's a really nice proportionality of the miniature they have now, uh, but yeah. it's not so overwhelming that it, it's not like a Tortuga Bay body. It's not like a true scale body. No, it's perfectly in scale with everything that you have already. Yeah, I think and. Talking to some of the content creators, one of the other things they did suggest as well is how the kits come. So it sounds like the only things that have to match are the gun arms. So a bit like oh, on modern 40k kits, you have to match the correct arm with the correct gun. 
to make mm. it fit. Apart from that, you can swap around between them. Um, the shoulder pads are all separate, so we oh. continue to use shoulder pad upgrades. Um, the heads are all separate, so you can swap out your Legion-specific heads, etc. The only thing I will say is the studded shoulder pad with the traditional uh -huh, um, yeah. molecular bonding stud on the shoulder pad. The shoulder pad comes in two halves, like the Zafra uh -huh. model. Fudge. Okay. So, so they do that. Apparently, the reason why they do that is so they can get a larger, more spherical shape on the stud mm -hmm. so it doesn't look so flat i'm sure there's a technical reason why the engineers out there can explain it to me but that's the reason why so talking to certainly one of the content creators one of the things they suggested was making sure you possibly over glue it so you get the seam and then very very gently file it down miles i'm quite sure you're going to have a whole range of yes. articles and uh, okay. so on how to through do this Three See, tips. I'm making your own links for you now. Yeah, three tips. Don't use green stuff. Don't use uh, uh, liquid green stuff. That stuff is terrible. Don't buy it. Just don't buy it. It's terrible. Games Workshop do a lot of good uh, things well. That's not one of them. Um, you, the Vallejo. This is why um, we don't get invited to their events. Yes. The 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 Vallejo. Um, uh, it, it's sort of like a seam cream. I can't remember the exact. Name oh, the, right uh, the, the the putty that they have. Yes, the plastic. I have some putty, of that. It's a, it. it's fantastic. Plastic putty. It is amazing yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, plus it Put comes out. It, it's in one of the uh, the dropper bottles, right? So you can just kind of like yes. directly put it into the seam. Exactly. You can wipe it over with your finger. There is a slight contraction with it, so don't be afraid to overdo it. And you can file over the top. But my number one go-to for this is Milliput, because that stuff dries rock hard. You can mix it up with a little bit of water. And you can create sort of like a a soup with it. You can pop it into the seam. It dries rock hard. And then when you file over the top, it will blend perfectly with the plastic. Uh, for the files, uh, look at different grits of nail file on Amazon. And you could get like a pack for a couple of quid uh, going through different rough, roughnesses. So you can add or oh, Tamiya files. They're fantastic because when you file, it gives a mirror smooth finish to them as well. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Th those are the top tips to deal with that seam. There we go. I knew, I knew you'd have something already set up <laughs> and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, so th that's kind of the, the only thing to point out on those. And then following on from those Mark VI Marines, um, which which are lovely sculpts, um, I'm strongly thinking about mine for a Badab Wars Force. Um, but that, that's, yeah. Rap Mantis Warriors? Uh, Raptor Legion in Blizzard camo. Holy shit! That's okay. Yeah, this yeah. is a segment we need to talk about separately. Okay, yeah, that, yes. that's that's because a bit like you, I can't. Well, a bit like we've mentioned before, I can't see me yeah. using Mark Six in my Sons of Wars. They're too established for my background yeah. for what I do. They don't yeah. fit. And I was thinking, well, I don't really want to start another Legion army. And then it's like, oh, better have war. Yeah, I, I, yeah you know, I'm kind of half tempted to paint these as Crimson Fists as well. Yeah, but that's another. We're, let's, we're, that, yes, that's another conversation. Another conversation. Because we are going to do a future article, aren't we, on future projects, projects in two point zero. So yes. that that's another article for a, a later date. So listening, kids. Um, but yes, other upgrades. All the weapon upgrades, sprues known to man and yeah. dear God, this came out of nowhere, and I think it's fantastic how they've done this. Technically. I mean, let's, let's kind of go back to Marines briefly. They are coming in boxes of 20, and the Mark 3s and 4s are being repackaged into 20s. 
that's huge. That's unbelievable. I was actually kind of hesitant about this because Games Workshop feels like they would put one of each in a box. Then I looked at how many weapons are in each box. Like, awesome. Yeah, you get yeah. a squad's worth of each yeah, weapon squad's worth. in the box. And it's underslung and overslung as well, right? So you can do oh, over yeah. the shoulder or let, under. Let, yeah, that's such a Let's nice take fashion. them one at a time. Let's talk about the yes. special weapon box first of all, because those are your tactical support squad weapons, aren't they? Or your veteran weapons. Now, they do have hands moulded on. That's an important point to recognise. They do have hands moulded onto them. So if you are going to use them with Mark 3s, Mark 4s, they are going to need adjusting. You are going to have to adapt there. If you're just using Mark 6s, they will just go on to a Mark 6s. Now, does this suggest that we're going to get later re-sculpts of Mark 3 or 4? I don't think it's out the window, but I don't think it's a priority. I think there's other kits coming before re-sculpts of 3 and 4. Mark twos. I think, yeah, I think we'd get Mark twos and Mark fives before we see any rescopes of three and four. Fundamentally, or else why would they bother repackaging them? Yeah. So I, I think it's the Cajun Garsman scenario. They'll do until we've done everything else. I think Mm -hmm. that that's why I would approach it. But having ten of each special weapon, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about new people coming in. You could buy. The big box set, you could then buy an extra box of Mark 10, um, an extra box of Mark 6s, buy a special weapons box and a heavy weapon box of your choice, and you've got your rounded 2000 point. You've got a 2000 point force there, more than happily. You've certainly got your Centurion force set up. You can then add a couple of Rhinos, Kratos, and you're away. Now, I had a good look because they had physical copies of these in the cabinets. They had some on the models. They had some actually just out there. You could see the individual weapons. I had a long, good look at all the special weapons. And compared to the resin ones, and I had a good look at my resin ones when I got home, and I also had a look at photos on my phone, I don't think you're going to spot the difference between these at all. I think they're basically, I think like you suggested earlier, Miles, they've digitally scanned them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just reproduce in plastic exactly as they were. So if you've got an existing army that has got, say, Volkite chargers already, and you now buy an upgrade set of the plastic ones, and you want to use the Volkite chargers, and you want to mix them in the same unit, I don't think you're going to spot a difference. We've yeah, then that's got just the dream. Yeah, well, just eyeballing them, we, they look the same. Yeah, and then we've got all of our heavy weapons, and I liked how they packaged them by themes as well. I thought that mm. was quite a nice touch. So. You've got your high-end energy weapons. You've got your more ballistic weapons in there. You've got your more common ones, your heavy bolter and your missile launches together. And then you've got your slightly oddball ones, like your Volkite. Oh, plastic Volkite. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, come on, over-the-shoulder heavy weapons. If this is not playing completely nostalgia, oh, here, have some plastic Mark VI and we'll give you over-the-shoulder weapons as well. Mm. 16-year-old me would be looking at this and going, this is it. I, I've reached peak gaming experience here. Yeah. The, new, the new plasma cannons look amazing. What's your favourite? Out of all there. the heavy weapons, what are the favourites? It's probably the plasma cannon for me. Plasma cannon, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No question. Yeah, I, yeah. I reckon so. I am rather partial to the last cannon as well. That uh, that has a very classic design to it. But yeah, yeah and, and also the the beaky with uh, the the old school um, uh, 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 missile launcher. I mean, that's pretty classic. Yes. That came in the original kit. That's going to be that's pretty classic. Yeah, 
Absolutely. The only small criticism I have with them, and it is a minor criticism, you know, and, and this is looking for criticism as opposed to just identifying it. The power packs aren't different to the standard Marines. So unlike your resin upgrade sets where we often had a specific backpack associated with them, like with the last cannons, you have that very heavy power power generator attached to it. You don't get those. And there's no ammo feeds as well. So right. they are just, so like, for example, the Volca, my, my squad of Volkite Culverines, you have a power cable going around to the backpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. Volkite, they just have a power cable on the gun. Well, that, that thing was a pain in the ass. ass. That thing was a yeah, pain in the ass. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. So but I don't think we're know. losing anything from this. It might not look as good, but especially for people getting into the game, I'm okay with this decision. Yeah, absolutely. And for ease of building, for ease of use, no problem with that at all. I said, my only criticism, and this is why I wanted to hesitate and say it's criticism for criticism's sake is aesthetically, I like, on the heavier weapons, certainly the heavier energy weapons, I like the power cable, because it suggests that you're having to use a, the power armor's weapon to help yeah. use a weapon. If you were that desperate to do it, get some guitar wire or something and do it yourself. Uh, Zinge Industries. So they make this sort of, uh, how to describe it? It's sort of like a rubber, um, uh, but they do it with like the connection cables. It, it looks like cabling. But inside this rubber is um, like garden wire. So it's flexible. So all you need to do is just bend it into place, cut where you want and glue it in. Problem solved. Yeah, there you go. So, and that, that's literally me scrabbing for criticism about them. Don't, please don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong, listeners. I love them. No, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I completely no, agree with you. I, I love the aesthetic as well. But for something that's going to go together easily and get people into the game, which is, I think, the, the whole point of this, and we'll... This is, will make the biggest difference in the community since Calf. This is great. I'm good with it. Yeah. And I think that was it. I, I think that was the entire day. I had a look around the exhibition because going around the exhibition is always amazing and it's lovely to mm. see and it's good. Um, brilliant. So overall, how I guess are there was, gone? Oh, sorry. There was a couple of models for sale as well. Cedrus. And uh, Cabanda, well, you, don't, you don't want to talk about those, do you? yeah. Cabanda, so <laughs> let's talk. Cabanda, he's massive, right? So, we've seen uh, yeah. the pictures of Cabanda at a previous preview, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need to talk about Cabanda again, but again, uh, so, so like, you, you, um, people started posting pictures of how he looks like next to other models, and Jesus, yeah. he's gigantic. And could you talk oh, about yeah. the price? So it's a choice of either this box set, an army in a box, or Cabanda for 215. Hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Commander. 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 <laughs> an army of Cabandas. In in terms of weight, it's probably about the same. I think Commander's probably heavier. <laughs> Just in the wings alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to put into perspective for people who haven't seen photos, and if you haven't seen photos, go online and have a look. I will try, but I'll put it. So I did send Miles a couple of pictures. So you did actually ask me, didn't you, Miles? How big is he then? Here we was, go. Uh, yeah. I'll send you a scaling picture. And my clients was talking about maybe buying it. I was just trying to convince him into it, like, oh, go on, go on. But uh, yeah. he's having the house remodeled at the moment and uh, he hasn't got space for it. No, it's Weak a perfect time excuse. to buy a cabanda. You're remodeling your Weak. house so you can expand yes. the size of the house to fit a cabanda <laughs> in it. But I reckon. Build an annex. Yes. <laughs> just build a, a shed house. An extra floor. <laughs> Compared to the current 
four-year-old bloodthirster, which himself is a big boy. I reckon Commander is about two-thirds size in, in comparison de- in comparative detail. But a lot more detailed, a lot more in it. And actually seeing the model, we liked the model when we saw it, didn't we? When we saw the photos on LVO, we were all like, yeah, he's quite good. Yeah. Seeing him in the flesh is something different, as, as these models often are. Um, he, he's certainly going to be a centerpiece model. And when you think that's only a HQ currently in the current Demons of Rune Storm Army, Cabandra is only a HQ. He will be, if you have a, what was the um, Demons of Rune Storm Corn Dominion? Dominion of Blood? I mean, no. I think. Yeah, it, let's just call it that. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, you will have that in your army and your opponent will know it's coming for you. And it's going to hurt a lot. So, yeah, it's a brilliant scope. The other one was the new Dark Angels character that was only shown on the Thursday and he was out. Um, yeah. They did. Yeah, surprising. I had a look at it. I did have a look at it. Um, um, it's a better kit in the flesh than I think the photo suggests. I quite like the model anyway. Um, I th- it's cataphracty and I've always got a soft spot of cataphracty personally I think the sword could have been larger to fit in with the background but you are mm. getting close on Final Fantasy-esque levels <laughs> it gets yeah. much bigger um, I like some of the nods towards the 40k aesthetic like the, the suggestion of the hooded cow and the mask um, I yeah I didn't like I mean that. that's that's in the imagery of uh, Visions of Heresy anyway that kind of style so like I, yeah. I don't have a problem with those kind of details on a special character but he was all right. It's not bad, but he he was available on the day. What did you guys think of the Madrid model? Uh, I mean, we talked earlier with the Marines. They're quite leggy. This dude's quite leggy. Uh, and I've seen resin versions of it kind of floating around with people putting it together. And yeah, it, it's one of those models that looks a lot better in flesh. I'm not sure how they take the photos or how it, it sort of like diminished the model. I have no mm. idea what happens there because the paint job's good. The photograph is nice. But yet together, perhaps it's an odd angle. Uh, but seen, uh, perhaps it might just be a thing of like that amateur potato photo, like check check this out. You can kind of see it more in a realistic setting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, 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 it's a lot better in the flesh. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. JP? Great kit. We need Mark. Uh, we need I Mark like the aesthetic. This, really. Yeah, we need Mark for this. <laughs> He's just looking at ways to break it. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll find a way, but it's okay because he paints everything, uh, he paints everything well and everything's narrative, so... If he's going to break the game, at least, you know, at least it's not a uh, bare plastic and uh, armies that make no sense. But uh, I think the, uh, it, the centric models is fantastic. I really like all the details. Uh, um, I, I like how they're going into that um, Sandheimer. What the hell do you call that? Oh, uh, it's been a long yeah, week. Hourglass. Yeah. The hourglass. hourglass that's it. <laughs> Sandheimer. It's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah, the the the, uh, the hourglass on there, the phosphex. It looks, it looks like a. Um, it doesn't quite look forty k, but definitely they're bringing in a little bit of that forty k aesthetic. Um, but without going so far as to uh, make it look like it doesn't belong in the heresy. I think it's 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 a great compromise between the two. I love all the details. I think it's a great model. You know what I mean with the little bit of the forty k, the ostentatious mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 but not really, not a monk, not a not, not like warrior monks yet. They still look like knights, but you're still adding a lot of those little details in them. If you replace the sword, it would make a great Belial conversion. Yeah, I did. I was talking to a couple of guys at the event 
I'm sorry, guys, I didn't catch your name if you were listening, um, who suggested that may make a quite nice Warsmith for a few modifications. Warsmith? Oh, okay. Oh, it could be used in a, uh, like a Black Legion army or a traitor army. That would be quite nice. It's like one of the Fallen. That would look great. Yeah, it's a Fallen model in 40k. That would look awesome. Mm. So yeah. should we kind of round off this? Thing? Yes, please. Final thoughts, off? please, Darren. So final thoughts. What did I think of the event? <sighs> Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I came home absolutely buzzing. And it was one of those evenings when I just talked at my wife for several hours and showed her multiple photos of things she doesn't care about but is willing to tolerate me with. Um, I came away buzzing. It was great to be speaking to people. It was awesome to see the new sculpts. It was brilliant to see the game being played. And I think that's one of the key things I really liked is giving opportunity for people to sample the game before it's finally released. My biggest disappointment, like I said, fairly near the beginning was not having the studio team there to talk to about the game and getting the inside view on the production of it. I'd love to know what's coming up in the next six months. I would love to know what kits are coming up next in plastic. I have a wish list a mile long of kits I would especially like to be seeing in plastic. I know I can't discuss that with them because they're not going to tell me. I would like to know the thought process behind the rules writing, the model design, the painting, etc. And I think that was the biggest element that was lost. But the atmosphere in the room was amazing. The crowd was amazing. Seeing the models and seeing what we're going to be getting over the next few months, absolutely brilliant. So was it a success? Yes. Are there areas in to improve? Definitely. But we are in such a strong position moving forward in this community and with this hobby. Perfect. I, I love uh, that. As, if, that that's, a great, that's, that's a great ending. Yeah. Do you want to add something? No, I was going to say, from the outside looking in, it does feel like this is the death knell of uh, heresy as we knew it. <laughs> and it I mean, this is a complete, this, is, this doesn't feel like 2.0. This feels like it's a completely new thing. Like they've remarketed it. Uh, they've reinvigorated it. They're relaunching something. It feels like the king is dead. Long live the king. All right, so that was our discussion of Warhammer Fest. I hope everybody enjoyed it. It's not often that we uh, put out a timely content, but uh, I hope it was valuable for everybody out there. Our regular episode, uh, which will be episode 124, I believe, will be out in the next couple of days after this, where we will be doing our Adepticon recap. We will be talking about... Yeah, Adepticon was a while ago, I know, but it takes me a while. Um, we'll be talking about the um, exemplary battle uh, campaign for Hydrocrodotus. We will be uh, discussing a Reflection Cracked, which is kind of a weird short story. All the regular stuff that you would expect from a Age of Darkness episode. And once again, for everybody out there, thanks for listening.